Welcome back to Once Upon a Blue Moon, brought to you by Shape Foundations, a student-led nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness and fundraising for rare diseases. My name is Pujesha, and I'm your host for today. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. This podcast talks about everything related to rare diseases, from impacts by the healthcare industry on people with rare diseases to real stories. Stick around to the end to get more information about us, but until then, let's get into today's topic. So today, we are very lucky to have a special guest on our podcast, um, Katie. So hi, Katie, how are you? Hi, I'm okay, thanks. I'm really happy to like be here and be like a guest on your podcast and everything. Mm-hmm. We're really excited too. So first off, um, why don't you start off by just introducing yourself and telling our audience whatever they you think it's important to know about you. Yeah, of course. So my name's Katie, I'm 19, I live in England. Um, I have two rare diseases. So I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a connective tissue disorder, and also chronic intestinal pseudo-obstruction, which is quite mouthful, um, <laughs> which is like a rare motility disorder, which basically affects like my stomach and my bowels and stuff. Um, I advocate for rare diseases in a number of ways, which I think will be like highlighted further in the interview anyway. I'm also the founder of Cards for Bravery, which is an organization which distributes positive handmade cards to hospitalized and seriously ill children, as well as like we do bravery packages and everything else as well. And yeah, other than that, I'm currently on a gap year to sort of like broaden my advocacy work and also like try to expand my organization. But I think that's the main, the main gist. <laughs> that all sounds really cool. Um, I the cards for bravery thing I mentioned to you before but like I think that's just so cool that you're you're able to like bring these kids just a little bit of joy in their life because I know being in a hospital for so long can be really debilitating yeah definitely it's really nice to do something that's like small but it also like means a lot and we've distributed over 10,000 cards now which is like a lot (laughs) so that's really good yeah Mm -hmm. All right, so our next question is, well, obviously your rare diseases have impacted like what you think about the rare disease community, but how did you get started doing your activism work and just your rare disease stuff? Yeah, I think also I received my EDS diagnosis when I was 11 and SIPO was like when I was about 13, 14. And I think receiving rare like disease diagnosis automatically sort of puts you in that community in a way. Um, and I think it was mainly like after I created hard to grade but when I was about 13 I sort of like discovered if that's the right word <laughs> my like love for helping just other people and after that I sort of like begun joining like a few more healthcare forums like at my hospital they have like a youth forum that helps improve healthcare for other adolescents and I spoke at a few events and then sort of from there it just like followed on and fell into place if that makes sense <laughs> Yeah, that seems like a really interesting way to having gotten involved. All right, so, well, you already kind of answered the question, but what do you currently do in the Red Sea space and why do you think these actions are important? Yeah, so I think it's a good question and it's like difficult because when you do a lot, it's like, oh. <laughs> but I think many things, I think like advocacy is so important to make a change and like obviously what you guys are doing at Shaping Foundations is awesome. 
Um, also, I have one card to bravery, which a number of people who distribute cards to do have rare diseases, so that's nice. Like, obviously, it's like a really small impact, but at least like it directly impacts a person's day. As well as that, I'm part of like the rare youth revolution team, which is like a youth forum that's off of Rare Revolution magazine. Um, I mainly do like the marketing and events is what they call it. <laughs> so I've had like a few opportunities to talk at some rare disease events, which have been really nice on like panels with the other members. And also with them, I recently created um, a series which we are calling Rare Talks. The first episode is out, you can find it on Rare Revolution. <laughs> but that is basically a series that we're doing about growing up with a rare disease but from like two different age aspects, if that makes sense. So for example, I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So I did the um, video with a girl called Esther who also has EDS, but she's only 12. So it's sort of like having having like those questions answered from like two people of the same rare disease with a different life aspect, which mm -hmm. I think is quite like cool. And yeah, I think it's gonna be a really good series. Other than that, I've also been like on a few like rare disease podcasts other than like this one. And I'm also very passionate about um, transition within healthcare. Like that's the main topic that I'm really big on. I speak about this a lot. And I think it's something that needs, really needs improving for people with like long-term conditions and especially rare diseases. And I'm actually currently working on a project that, that with another Katie from the Rare Youth team. And I've spoken sort of like at transition events and all the rest of it, but I think like advocacy from a rare disease patient themselves, I think it's really important because obviously we live like with the conditions, like we know how they affect us best and like how they affect other people best. So I think to like see the change that like needs to happen, we need to speak about like the topics we're passionate about, which obviously like coming on podcasts like this is really good for. Them. Yeah, definitely. I think we none of us have rare diseases like at shape foundations but i think something that we've learned so much from is just talking to other rare disease patients yeah like, just being able to see like just like the little things too that we don't realize mm -hmm. eating like i remember one of uh the people we spoke to she was like i couldn't eat anymore and like you know that was just such a big impact on her because you know that we realize like food is such a big cultural thing it's a big family thing 100 yeah like with sippo that means i'm not able to eat or drink and i'm basically fed through a line that goes into my bloodstream mm -hmm. and no definitely like i understand where that goes coming from because it is such like a big like it's like every single event is like related around eating like christmas like easter like mm -hmm. like so much stuff is like related around eating but it's definitely like really small things like that which I don't think people realize can have like a big impact. Yeah. And um, you mentioned something about transition in healthcare. What exactly is that? Like, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. Uh, yeah, of course. So basically, obviously, when you're like under healthcare professionals or like, like healthcare, like professionals in the community or even like social care, um, obviously you have like the children's departments, which is called like pediatrics, and you also have adults. Um, and basically when you're living with long-term condition at some point you're going to have to transition from the children's department over to the adults which normally happens around the age of like 16 to 18 mm -hmm. um, and it sounds something that's like really simple like oh yeah that's fine just pass the care over from one team to another but it is something that is like it 
at least in the UK, I'm not sure how it is in America. I think mm-hmm. it's quite a generalized thing, but it's like one of those things that really needs improving on because also when you're living with like a long-term condition or a rare disease, like having your care handed over from one team, which you like possibly like if you were diagnosed at a young age could have been under for like years and like you have trust in them and you spent time at those hospitals, like pan- being handed over to like a whole new adult department is like, you know, I think people compare it to lots like when you're like transitioning from like middle school to high school or like high school to college, like you get a lot of support with that transition. But support with like the transition in healthcare just seems to always fall through. Um, and I had a really bad transition personally. I think there's like a lot of guidelines out there to try and help it. And they're just that, they're just like guidelines. There's no like legal policies. So, cause I think they're only guidelines. It's like everyone knows what should happen, but then it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. Like I said, um, Katie, who's another member of our youth team and I are trying to do like a project on that at the moment in the UK because it's something that like we're both really big on but I feel like it's like when you're living with a condition like the last thing you need is to have difficulty being handed over from like one team to like another team which you know once you're an adult it's like once you turn 18 you're gonna be with them until you die basically Mm -hmm. so you need to have had like that um like all your like your healthcare and everything handed over properly because otherwise it just causes real issues which is like being seen a lot so yeah yeah definitely I mean like I think I don't know much about this in the U.S. like I know that just generally even like for me when I go from like the pediatrician to a normal doctor like yeah they they are very difficult about like standing over the charts and in lab work whatever yeah and also in the U.S. there's like an added thing of like the insurance so the insurance just like it's just such a big hassle to like try to change yeah, the doctor. I have like a few friends in America and like the insurance over there is like just a whole other issue I think that like comes along with it but mm-hmm. yeah I'm not sure like the policies and stuff that's over in, like the US regarding transition but at least in the UK it's found to be like a really big issue for a lot of people who like live with long-term conditions so that's the topic that I'm really passionate about because mine went really badly and I don't want like others to go through that Mm -hmm. well that's really interesting I'm really glad you brought that up because I have no idea about that no of course yeah it's not it's like like I said it's one of those things that when you first say it it doesn't seem like a big thing but Mm -hmm. when you like look into it into other people's experiences and all the rest of it you're like oh that's like bad (laughs) yeah so all right so our next question is what's been a challenge with you with your rare disease and how have you overcome this challenge of course I think it's like a difficult question it's like Mm -hmm. when you have a rare disease like it comes with like a lot of challenges um like even like before you're actually even diagnosed with the rare disease like from like being misdiagnosed and like trying to find a diagnosis and then not being believed and like stereotyped and then just also just having like the normal like daily life of like living with the actual condition mm-hmm. um so it's like fine pinpointing like one thing I think it's like so difficult because like there's like been big challenges and then like smaller challenges but like overall I just there's just like every single day is like to a point like there's I feel like there's like for a lot of people there's like some type of challenge even if it's like the tiniest thing 
as like different like different from someone who doesn't have a rare disease I think it's like overcoming it I think like everyone can I think when you have like a rare disease like I think it's safe to say like everyone to a point can struggle with their mental health more when living because it's like it's not an easy journey for a lot of people I think everyone has like bad days and everyone has good days obviously I think like reminding yourself that like okay like things don't be bad all the time like you can make some good within your life and then just also like reminding yourself like okay some days you'll like be in more control of your illness and like able to handle the challenges and other days it might be like a lot more of a struggle but like that's okay just like take every day like at a time and remember like it's okay to freak out and have bad days sometimes like you can try again tomorrow type thing mm-hmm. i think it's difficult like i said like to pinpoint one particular challenge because there's like so so many <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i think it's it's a very like all-encompassing thing like it impacts almost every part of your life so yeah, yeah. all right so our next question is how has your rare disease shaped your future aspirations so, like your career goals or your schoolwork yeah definitely so they have massively for me personally i think like obviously like i said before if I didn't have a rare disease, which sounds weird. I wouldn't have, like, obviously, like, ever really, like, created Cards Bravery or, like, done all of that work, which is, like, have given me experiences that I'm really grateful for. Um, And also just, like, helped me find, like, my passion for helping other people. And then along with that, like, with sort of, um, with, like, work aspirations and everything, I'm going to be undertaking a, like, a counselling psychology degree. Uh, Because I'm really passionate about, like, mental health with, like, rare disease and chronic illness. Like, not even, like, mental health issues, but just, like, having someone to talk to, like, that's, like, outside of your life but can understand to a point. So I think I'm really interested in, like, becoming a counsellor for those with rare diseases and, like, long-term health conditions. Because I think, yeah, like I said, not even, like, just mental health diagnosis necessarily but just having someone that like understands like all the struggles that can come along with it Mm -hmm. yeah I feel like having someone who also has a rare disease would be really helpful in that case yeah definitely like personally I think like especially when I was younger if I saw like a counsellor or psychologist whatever and they always had a rare disease I'd be like oh yeah that's like really nice because you know they do sort of like understand Mm -hmm. the point as well yeah and also, I think the idea you brought up of, like, not necessarily getting a diagnosis or anything, but just having someone to talk to, I think that's really important that, like, even, like, just generally everyone, I think, should, like, have access to that because it's, like, it's definitely very difficult to manage everything on your own. And I think it's really cool that you're, like, taking that path to sort of, you know, help people out. Like, I think that's very interesting. Thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. I 100% agree. I just think it's so important to be able to have someone, like, to talk to about, what you're struggling with and like how to like overcome things and all of that type of stuff mm-hmm. yeah all right so the next question is what would you tell someone who was recently diagnosed with a rare disease yeah I was thinking about this as well and I was like oh there's so much but I've wanted it down to like one thing and I think it's like I think the main thing is like it may be like a difficult journey if like a lot of people it's like a difficult journey and there'll be like many hurdles and like challenges to overcome like just like the question like we spoke about but I think just like keep fighting like don't give up like remind yourself you are strong enough to get through this and you're not alone like you might have bad days or 
bad weeks or bad months <laughs> or whatever but you'll also have like better days and like good days and everything and also like I think especially with a rare disease um people can feel quite alone especially when it's like a lot rarer like even just like wanting to find someone who also has your condition I don't struggle with that as much but I know some people who like really struggle with the fact of like I haven't ever found someone who actually has like the same diagnosis at me as me but I think even if they like people may not have the same diagnosis as you like you can still possibly like relate to other people who have like rare diseases and things as well so you're like not alone in that type of sense so yeah, I think yeah. something we've learned, like, just from talking to everyone is just, like, how strong the sense of community is. Like, yeah. everyone from all different walks of life, they all just come together and are just so uplifting with each other. And it's something yeah. that, like, we personally took as a, like, a lesson from that, just, like, how to be a little bit kinder in our lives. A hundred percent. I think it definitely, like, I think, like, a red disease, it definitely sort of, like, A, like, tells you, like, who's actually like important with your life and who wants to like stay with you and like to like, just like finding people in general mm-hmm. is like it makes things more difficult but then realistically you're like ah oh, like at least they're like worth being in my life because they can mm-hmm. still they're like whether you have a rare disease or not type thing yeah all right well that was our last question question do you have any like last thoughts anything you want to add um I don't think so I've been thinking of anything I think other than it's like thank you <laughs> um, for inviting me to be on the po- podcast and it's like it's really awesome what you guys are doing at Shaping Foundations and I think it's also like so cool how you all have like an interest in rare disease even though like you don't necessarily like have them yourselves or like know people personally who have them so that's like really nice to know that like there are people out there who like care even though they might be like not affected personally by it so yeah thank you. <laughs> yeah well thank you so much and we I'm had so much fun talking to you today um thank you so much for coming on with us all right hello everyone and welcome back to once upon a blue moon brought to you by shape foundations a student-led nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness and fundraising for rare diseases my name is pujesha and i'm your host for today if you're new to this podcast welcome this podcast talks about everything related to rare diseases from impacts by the healthcare industry on people with rare diseases to real stories stick around to the end to get more information about us but until then let's get into today's topic